Warrior family, happy new year and welcome to 2021 officially. I can't believe it. We all went through one hell of a ride in 2020. For me, I'm not going to lie, it was very beautiful and one of the most transformative years of my entire life, as I'm sure it was for you. But I don't want to skip the fact that as a collective, it was incredibly hard and incredibly dark. And I just knew that with the events that were occurring with the pandemic and with everything from the Black Lives Matter movement to uh, so many things, politically too, it's just a lot going on. And um, when all that's happening and when people are isolated, it becomes even more, you know, amplified to say the least. And so I just kind of knew suicide rates were going to be at an all-time high, depression, anxiety, you name it. It was going to be a tough year for a lot of folks. And we were going to process through a lot of loss, grief, heartbreak. But one of the things I really wanted to bring to the podcast is the topic of conversation around suicide. What I will say is this episode will discuss suicide and that may be triggering for you. So I really want you to use your discretion, you know, and, and be aware of that. The other thing I'll mention is that whenever we're talking about this particular area of conversation around suicide, I, with my whole heart, want to share with you that if you or someone you know is suicidal, call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Or what you can do is text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741741. Now, I want to give you a little bit of context around why I'm sharing this conversation with you. A lot of people know that this movement is all around empowering women to connect with their inner warrior, to go for their dreams, to follow their excitement, to connect with their purpose. But a lot of people don't know where this message was birthed from. And that's what I want to talk about with you today. Another thing I want to mention is that we'll actually be closing out season one of the podcast with today's episode. We won't be gone for long, but I was guided to really seal this in, to close up this chapter, and to prepare for an epic season two with you. So I thought, what better way to close it out than one of the most uncomfortable conversations for me to put out there? And I'll tell you why. It's quite personal for me and kind of the reason why this message was even birthed. When I tap into the warrior archetype and even the message around the warrior in you, which I was guided to name my business, I've, when I really tap into that energy, I remember some of the darkest times of my life. And I remember moments where I didn't know if I was going to make it to the next day, week, month, year, that 
I didn't have much motivation to continue living. Uh, you know, I've been through some really tough times in my life. And of course, sharing more about that with you in my book. And I won't dive too deep into it here. But what I will say around that is that that's kind of really where this vision was birthed is that, you know, I was guided to lead a movement that was going to help women connect to this really beautiful divine presence within themselves that exists at all times. And I always called that my inner warrior. When I think about what had me really make it through, when I think about how the hell (laughs) I survived some of the things that I have, or made it through some of the darkest times that I've been through, I just think about, wow, that someone was looking out for me. And, you know, a lot of people presence God in this case, or, you know, your higher power, whatever you like to call that. And I, I 100% agree. And what I've come to around the relationship with God is that we've been given this beautiful divine presence by our creator that lives within us. And I call that our inner warrior. And so it's such a beautiful experience for me to share with you that that's where this all was birthed from. And as so I've evolved and still has my business, but nonetheless, the message has remained the same. We all have this presence within us. And my invitation to you is to connect with that. My guest today is someone I'm just so obsessed with for many, many, many reasons. Her name is Natasha O.M. And she is a a somatic therapist, a healer, an amazing space holder. There's so many amazing things I can say about this woman. But what I want to say about this conversation is that it was inspired because I had shared a video on my story around a man who was suicidal and actually attempted suicide. And with that, ended up attempting and surviving his experience. So he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and ended up surviving that experience. And one of the things he said was that when he jumped, the moment he jumped, it was instant regret. He he realized the moment he, he, you know, he came off that bridge, he didn't, not only didn't want to die, but it was the biggest mistake of his life to, to attempt to, you know, die by suicide. And And by the grace of God, he survived. And he now, you know, uses his story to share with others, um, to inspire others to keep pressing forward. And when I shared that, it opened this conversation up with Natasha and I. And she said, you know, Candy, one day I want to share my story with more people. And I, I really, really, really want to, you know, open up about my experiences with this. 
so that I can help others, you know, and I can have them feel more seen and feel, you know, like they're not alone in this. And me being me, I'm like, you know, why don't we do a podcast about it? And I hadn't planned on recording any more episodes. I was actually going to seal it in with a solo cast, but instead I was like, you know what, let's jump on, let's record this episode and we'll close it out. We'll close out season one with this. So my invitation to you all is just to hold the space for us to have this really tough conversation, to find inspiration, to find healing. You know, as I shared, it's, it's not, this is not a substitute for therapy. So if you are feeling depressed, anxious, or need to talk with someone, you can actually go to NAMI.org, which we'll drop in the show notes below. But okay, enough of me talking. Let's go ahead and just dive into this really tough conversation. Welcome to the Words of a Warrior podcast. I'm Candy Wheeler, your host and founder of Warrior Women Retreats, internationally recognized conscious business coach, motivational speaker and author, but most importantly, human. On a journey just like you are. And together, we'll explore insights, tools, and practices to help you recognize your worth, see your potential, and bet on yourself so you can up-level your life, leadership, and business. Each week, I will bring you profound wisdom, words of encouragement, and real stories of fierce resilience from inspiring creatives, artists, activists, and entrepreneurs. Trade in fear, worry, and self-doubt for deep healing, sacred remembrance, and divine inspiration to follow your excitement and connect with your true purpose. Grab your journal and get ready to take your power back. Welcome back, everyone. I am honestly not sure how I feel about (laughs) what I want to say about today's conversation because what I was just explaining to my guest, Natasha OM, is that it, even though many organizers have been doing the best that they can to release the stigma from the talk of depression, mental illness, anxiety, suicide, there's still, it's still such a touchy subject for many folks. But nonetheless, I wanted to bring this to the show because I don't want to skip over the fact that is very present in our reality, especially in 2020, when a lot of us are dealing with maybe one of the hardest years of our lives, you know, and there are so many people out there struggling. And if that is you, we're definitely going to drop some resources below so you can tap into that but I want you to know that you're not alone in anything that you're you're going through no matter how extreme that is just know that there are people out there that can help and support you and today I have a very special guest who has been on the podcast before as you heard and she tapped into her experience with her mental health struggles and what she's done to help herself in that aspect. But she touched on something that I really wanted to dive deeper on. And so I brought her back today 
to really expand on her experience. So please help me give a warm welcome to Natasha. And Natasha, thank you so much for being here. And of course, being willing to be vulnerable and share your story today. Yeah, thank you so much, Candy, for like letting me come again <laughs> or asking me to come again. Uh, yeah, I really, I'm, as I told you, I'm really excited, but also super nervous to, to mm -hmm. share what I'm about to share. So I really hope to whoever is listening right now, please do like hold me in your heart yeah. <laughs> as you're listening to this. <laughs> yes, we are holding so much space for this conversation. Uh, I know, you know, all, all of you tapping into this are holding it too. And uh, so, you know, to start out, to, to give you just a little bit of background, Natasha, you're nowadays a, a supporter of people, you know, who, who are moving through all kinds of different emotions, right? And you do that in what ways are you doing that now? Yeah, so now I'm working with trauma well primarily trauma survivors not but not just trauma survivors also mm -hmm. just like anyone that's going through any um emotional struggles or mm -hmm. um yeah any struggles that they're facing in their life even if it is in, in their relationships and i'm doing that through like somatic work somatic mm -hmm. therapy somatic healing um and it's basically working with the body mm -hmm. and of course the mind as well. And yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, so such important work. If you all haven't heard of somatic therapy, it's honestly one of my favorite modalities for embodiment work because yes. we can do so much inner work, right? We can do so much mental um, work. We can do mindset mantras, affirmations, all the good stuff. We can even rewire our subconscious mind, but you know, our bodies store memories and emotions on a cellular level. And so that's what this work is all about. Lately, yeah. I've been seeing a chiropractor to really like get me back in alignment because, <laughs> you know, it's been such a big journey, as many of you know, for me of just completely transforming my entire life, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I think Natasha, your work is so, so important. And, you know, to, so I want people to know that you are a resource as well, that they can come to you if they are interested in this work. But what I want to dive into is that, you know, there's something of course that inspired Natasha to, to serve this particular population of people and in this particular way. And that's because she has a story and, and a powerful journey that she went on to really, you know, help the help people who may be in a space that she once was. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So Natasha, wherever you want to start, and I'm happy to just follow your lead on this one, but you know, what is it that you experienced that had you really want to start this work as a facilitator and as a, a therapist? Yeah, so um, I think just like many healers and therapists, maybe they too have their own stories, right? So I have my own story and well, a lot of trauma I grew up, I grew up and was exposed to a lot of trauma mm -hmm. um, from sexual violence at as a child and 
then after that, just growing up in a really toxic environment, um, emotional abuse, even physical abuse. And as a kid, uh, as a kid, you know, you're just born into this world and you're learning, right? You need to learn and explore. But then I was born into this world with so much anger, not from me, like from mm-hmm. the people around me, mm-hmm. anger and danger. I saw all of that. And mm-hmm. I I still remember, you know, as, as a kid, I was already <laughs> very sensitive. Yeah. Um, I remember I always, always cried a lot. And even when I was reading, I remember this one moment, I read a comic and <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my mom was like, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. Okay. I'm just so sad. <laughs> um, yeah. And so anyway, um, I was actually now looking back to what happened to me as a kid, I was actually suppressing a lot of emotions and memories that, of course, as a kid, you didn't know what, what is this? What, what am I feeling? You know, you don't really know these things. You don't know how to process either. Um, you're also supposed to learn to um, regulate your emotions from your parents. Our parents are supposed to teach us these things. But mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have that um, support or resource. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't until I was 20 years old mm-hmm. um, that was when everything came to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, well, I was already um, suicidal at the age of 14, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like why I was suicidal Mm. you know it was just like I was just feeling so bad and of course I think I already knew at that time that the situation at home was really not good and I felt like I didn't have an an adult to talk to Mm -hmm. or just anyone to talk to about um, about my feelings and also to protect me I wanted mm-hmm. protection so, so, so bad. Mm-hmm. I would go to like my counselor, um, my school counselor, who mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she was even like trained um, in these things, right. but I was glad that she was just there even if it was um, not a lot of, um, not such a big change. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was already suicidal at the age of 14. I um like did self-harm but Mm -hmm. then and my my mom found out uh but nothing happened and then when when I was 20 years old that was just like I don't even know how how to describe it because it was just so 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 intense I was living in a country where I did not really speak the language super well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still learning the language and I didn't have any close friends or family with me. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I kind of like relapsed at that moment was because um, I the, the memory of the trauma that I had as a that I had like when I was a kid, um, it came back, like it Mm. came back because I really was pushing it down. I Mm. didn't want to remember it 
which mm-hmm. which is which makes sense you know people do this in order to survive to just mm-hmm. keep going in their lives mm-hmm. and so when it all came up to the surface um, plus I was really not in a place where <laughs> I had the support um, right I really didn't know what to do uh, and plus mm-hmm. at that time I was in a relationship that was not really stable either and mm-hmm. it was triggering me a lot mm-hmm. um so yeah, I, um, yeah, I just felt so 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 alone, and well, I tried to end my life. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> like I tried to end my life there, and by just att- like it was like an attempt a uh, suicide, mm-hmm. and I um, was brought to the hospital. And Mm -hmm. I received like attention and care at the hospital and I was given some, some pills, you know, like antidepressants and Mm -hmm, mm anti-anxiety pills. It was so many pills Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the psychiatrist, but you know, with these things though, I'm sure it can help. And also I'm sure it's helping some people. I know that it's helping some people. I I know some people who take these and it helps them. Mm it didn't really go to the root cause, right? It was just right. a Band-Aid and it made m- my feelings kind of numb um, mm. and really made me see the world really foggy. And mm-hmm. um, and so I, I was taking it, but then I, I know, I consciously know like, well, my problems are still there and I right. still don't know what to do with with it uh, it was just a lot of problems with with my family also and just you know the memory from mm-hmm. from a child mm-hmm. uh, I mean from my childhood mm-hmm. and so even with the pills I actually tried to end my life by overdosing from the pills that was given to me mm. from the hospital Wow. And um, I was seeing also psychologists uh, apart from seeing the psychiatrist, and she she's she saved me. Um, she brought me to the hospital again. <laughs> well, not mm-hmm. the first time was not uh, her that brought me to the hospital, but yeah, I went to the hospital again. And this time, I was held in the intensive care unit, and there I felt like I was in jail because (laughs) they didn't let me see um they didn't let me see my boyfriend at the time they didn't let me see like really anyone like I would they I can receive guests but only certain moments Mm -hmm. and I didn't I couldn't have my phone couldn't have like a book um no tv like nothing you know I isolation isolation totally isolation And, you know, I cannot get out of bed. So like, mm. in the, I, I peed like <laughs> right there, you know, they had wow. like the, the thing attached to me so that I don't mm-hmm. have to get off, get out of bed to pee. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, if it was so, so, so scary. And even when I was there, I felt so unsafe. Like right now, just thinking of that moment, mm-hmm. I felt so alone and once again abandoned Mm. um, and unprotected 
and so my parents like came came to came to that country where I was living mm-hmm. and basically told me like they got me out of the hospital and they're like, okay we need to you need to go back you need to take a break from school and stuff mm-hmm. um, and it maybe just take a break you know go back to Indonesia mm-hmm. and so when I went back to Indonesia um again like the problem was right. still there right, right. because now you're back in the environment where it happened exactly I yeah. was back in the environment where it happened yeah which actually made it I guess kind of yeah made it worse because the reason why I left the country other than school school was kind of like a, a nice way to mm-hmm. a nice reason to to leave um, the country where I'm from but mm-hmm. deep inside I think I knew like I just wanted to escape and start a new life right right in another country so mm-hmm. I went back to Indonesia and I tried to um continue getting support you know I Mm -hmm. I wanted to heal I really wanted to heal I went to um, find psychologists or psychiatrists and Mm -hmm. psychiatrists and each and every one of them I think I went to like maybe five to seven I don't even remember how many Um, they were either all full like fully booked mm. <laughs> it was crazy I didn't don't even know how that can happen it was like fully booked right. uh, or um or they were too afraid to take care of me to mm-hmm. support me once wow. they because when I was um I was living in Madrid before so mm-hmm. when I was in Madrid um my psychologist and and psychiatrist, I was diagnosed with BPD, uh, mm. borderline personality disorder, and also PTSD and CPTSD. Mm-hmm. And so I took, like, with this diagnosis, when I went to Indonesia and I told them, like, okay, I was diagnosed with these things, and they were all kind of scared. Uh, mm-hmm. This is another thing, like, there's still so much stigma around, like, BPD, for example, right, right. that that people are scared to to work with patients who have this diagnosis when actually there's nothing guys like I'm telling you right now as someone who has um, been diagnosed with this diagnosis like we just need your attention and support and love I think just like every other human being on this earth right we shouldn't um be how do you say like separated uh, or just discriminated because of our diagnosis you know so I really felt like that uh, in Indonesia Mm -hmm. and um, also in Indonesia there's like if you think there's still so much stigma uh, in the U.S. or Europe there's Mm -hmm. a lot more in Indonesia like Mm -hmm. a lot more Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and would you would you say it's like a religious type of thing because I feel like when I was in Bali they believe in like black magic there and so do you think it was more so like they were kind of um, relating it to some sort of like maybe possession or something like that? Yeah. And, you know, that's actually quite common. Like that's not even just in Indonesia or a third world country. Um, people who do have like heavily religious beliefs can like typically consider 
diagnosis is like BPD, uh, a spirit, like a spiritual thing. And in reality, it's actually not, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's actually a chemical imbalance. Right. And, and it's, you know, outside pressure and all of that stuff that, that can trigger that, you know, experience, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I can definitely see how that they could, they yeah. could feel like scared to work yeah. with a patient who, who is experiencing that for sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. It, there, there are so many people who think that like, yeah, maybe because also of how they were educated in terms of, like you say, faith or even mm-hmm. um, just the cultural as well, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indonesia, we're such a superstitious country. Right. It's like, uh, like don't don't give anything from your left hand. You have to give it from your right hand because yeah. the left hand is like uh, disrespectful. Blah blah blah. You know, yes. I'm from Indonesia and I completely respect their traditions and stuff. Same. But I think like with um, possession, <laughs> uh, someone who has mental health diagnosis and they're possessed, I don't I don't believe in that. You know, right? Totally. And that's not that's not true. But yeah, definitely. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because actually when I went back to Indonesia and I had mm-hmm. another crisis, I don't know if I told you this already. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I did, but even maybe, if not, I'm going to tell it again. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, when I went back to Indonesia and I had another like crisis because I was once again, back I went back to Indonesia, I was alone. Right. I was alone. I didn't really have like all my friends they were um in universities mm-hmm. they were already like like away mm-hmm. and um, my sister was not living there she was living in the U.S. and still is and um well my family member I'm not gonna say yeah. the title it's okay I told this family member um well Hold on, how am I going to say it? So yeah, it's okay. uh, she was not really there either. So she, because she was afraid, she was mm-hmm. afraid. Um, mm-hmm. She was afraid of mm-hmm. how to, how to help me, how to approach me, mm-hmm. um, this person. And then finally she went home and as in like, she went home to be with me, mm-hmm. um, this family member. And mm-hmm. uh, I told her when I was in Madrid that I received Reiki. I received Reiki for the first time. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, you know Reiki, right? And yeah. how it's so like wonderful, actually. And I received Reiki and Reiki was actually the modality that opened me up. Right. <laughs> that brought oh, everything to the that. surface. Yeah, it brought everything to the surface. I when I ha- when I experienced it, I didn't expect anything, but I was open. You know, I'm like, okay, right. let's just try it. Brought everything to the surface, but after that, I didn't know how to process it. Um, and so when I told this person that I did that, she was like, "Oh, it's uh, it's because you did that Reiki thing, and um, I'm sure like." you got some demon in inside you within Mm. you because of that and and so she took out a bible not a bible the bible 
and read out a passage <laughs> from the Bible to me, kind of like an exorcism. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like literally looking at her like, what the hell? What is, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> You're just like there, like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, oh, no, um, no, I don't have a demon in me. I'm just really sad. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, you know what? You're not going to understand me. You know, again, once again, I respect faith and religion I really do respect it but mm -hmm. at that time I just really needed attention and care right right um totally. and okay so after that uh once again I felt all alone and no one could understand me and also because the psychologists at the one that I the ones that I went to in Indonesia didn't really know how to support me. I literally like, I remember this doctor so well. She just looked at me and she was like, uh, you know, wow. I don't even remember what she said, but I remember the look so well. Yeah. I remember when I told her of my diagnosis and she was just like, um, yeah, uh, we're full. <laughs> wow. So all so, of these doctors that you were trying, you were trying to get help from, all of these psychologists and psychiatrists were either full or quote unquote full, like maybe, or maybe they yeah. were just afraid and avoiding working with you as a patient because of what you were experiencing. Wow. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I felt even more rejected Mm -hmm. from the society you know because of my trauma as well I already felt rejected because of that I already think that okay the world is really a dangerous place right. but then when I have this little fire within me no but I can move on I can do this I can heal and then I receive more of that rejection it feels right. like okay then there's nothing here for me you know I'm right. broken it really made me believe that I am broken, even though yeah. we all know like, okay, that's not true. No one is broken. Right. Right. But at that time, I really believed that I'm yeah. freaking broken. No one can fix me. Um, mm. My, my family members think I'm crazy. Don't want to approach mm. me. Mm -hmm. uh, so then I was home alone. Um, uh, one of the days on one of the days I was home alone and I honestly just tried to end my life again. Like mm, this time, so this is, I... Yeah. yeah. Three attempts yeah. so far at this point, right? Because there was a one initial one from the hospital, then the one overdosing on the drugs that they uh -huh. gave you, and then now back yeah. in Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, the one back in Indonesia, that was the... Just, I think that that was really like the time that, okay that's it that's it mm. you know, just stop it already stop mm. even just trying to like attempt suicide this time was like that's it mm. um and yeah so this is really tough for me to say but yeah, okay. I'm going to share it because maybe it can help someone or yeah mm -hmm. um so I was just home alone and when you're when you're at that state, you have this tunnel vision. Um, you see nothing else, and you know after so many like rejections from so many people, mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah I I tried to hang myself mm-hmm. no I did hang myself I mm-hmm. hang myself in one of the bedrooms um, of our old home in Indonesia no one was there so you know mm-hmm. no one could have known no one could have I yeah just nothing so um so I hung myself and I was out for 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 a few moments um I don't remember how long it was mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um it just kind of like all went black for me mm-hmm. um until at one moment when I really heard a voice and I don't know whose voice this is Uh, Mm. it was like you can believe whatever you want like the divine Jesus Allah um, Mm -hmm. angels my higher self whoever but I heard these voices Mm -hmm. and they said this is not the end for you you have mm. to um you have to keep going um and that you are sorry it's really hard for me it's to okay. say it. Yeah, um you're here to help others mm. you're here to help you're here to help others using your story using what happened to you and i remember he, when i heard that voice i was like no I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't, I don't want to believe in that. Like, no, no, that's too much pressure and responsibility. Right. <laughs> you know, and especially when I felt like just so much rejection from mm-hmm. the world, why would I want to help people? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, I literally felt like this, like someone kicked me or not kick me mm. like push me and mm. in this like jolt and then I went um I was I opened my eyes and then I dropped on the floor um and I was just crying I was crying mm. crying crying and and I took a breath and I was like oh, and I was like no 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 I was like why you know <laughs> literally like oh. why why like like really like is that really what I'm supposed to do um like I don't want to do that there's just so much responsibility and pressure but um like hearing that voice it made me feel like I had support Mm you know like people there were always yeah guides watching me and being there for me but at the same time I was just also so angry and upset like yeah why why are you just helping me now you know right I'm I've I'm I've just been so sad and yeah yeah wow that's powerful Natasha thank you for sharing all of that and you know even going to the extent of sharing like that you know the details of what occurred for you and that's definitely not that I came into this conversation with expectations but that's definitely not what I at all saw coming in in the experience that you were going to share but it's actually quite common I want to say in in stories of of 
near-death experiences or attempts of suicide the, that, you know, they have this experience with the divine, you know, like you did. And, and, and also that jolt of kicking us back into this life, right? Like that's actually, I've heard that multiple times, not just from you. So it definitely, like, as you're sharing, I don't know if you, you all listening felt this, but I just felt like these chills all through my body, you know, that this is actually, you know, what Natasha experienced is, is actually very real. And, and that's just, yeah. oh my gosh, so amazing. Yeah, definitely. It was um, very real. And thank you for listening and holding me in your hearts. Um, but yeah, I never really shared this story to too many people because they would think that I'm crazy. Right. <laughs> I remember actually sharing this story to um certain people and they just kind of looked at me like really wow <laughs> and so it's like okay you know what I'm not gonna share a story <laughs> wow uh, um but yeah it, I I will always remember that moment um anytime now like when I'm feeling so low mm-hmm. when I feel like am I really supposed to do this? Am I supposed to continue in this life, in this crazy world that we're living mm-hmm. in? Because honestly, like the world can be beautiful, but sometimes, you know, you look around, you look at the news and you're just like, wow, wow, why? Right. Um, and I just remember back of this moment, I mean, yeah, this mo- the, that moment back then. And I was just like, okay, just keep going keep going Mm -hmm. you never know whose hearts you're going to touch whose lives you're going to change even if it is by just one word one sentence one hug you know Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so powerful and so true and like that's kind of what I want to dive into next because you know, this is such a, it's more common than we think. Unfortunately, that's just the times that we live in. Right. Um, and so, so many people I know feel that way, you know, feel like they're alone. And also I know there's people that maybe are, maybe know somebody who's experiencing something like that and might be scared. Yeah and might just not know how to approach them. And so the first question that came to me to ask you was, you know, what, how would you have been, how would you have wanted to be approached by your loved ones during that time of, of great grief, you know, depression, you know, those thoughts of suicide and and whatnot, how, how would you have wanted them to, to come to, to come and support you because the way they didn't, right. Just like, didn't, (laughs) you know, it didn't help the situation. If anything, it made it worse. Yeah. That's such a great question. Yeah. So I would have, and I think this could be really helpful for a lot of people to, um, validation first, like, I, I hear you. I, I know that it must be so tough for you and I may not know exactly what you're feeling but just by what you're telling me or or just by looking at you um, it really touched my heart or 
it makes me feel like you know I want to hug you or something you know just mm-hmm. that validation first you don't need to understand what the other person is truly feeling right. and then after that just asking them like I would love to hear more of how you're feeling um is there anything that I can do even mm-hmm. if I cannot fix the problem or help mm-hmm. you with the problem but maybe I can just you know just be here and listen to you or give you um a nice hug take you mm-hmm. to lunch or whatever you know mm-hmm. like dance with you um just that that is so important i yeah i don't think i needed um fixing because what happened in the past you know you right. cannot you cannot like uh change the past also no one technically needs fixing but right. we just need to feel like we are um supported mm-hmm. that we are important too mm-hmm. we don't need to be the most important that we are also important that we are we can be a part of the society that we can belong that we are right. seen that we are heard mm-hmm. just that is so important and as you have heard me telling the story mm-hmm. um from my childhood i didn't feel heard seen mm-hmm. connected belonged you know didn't those are our basic needs i didn't feel safe mm-hmm just creating that safe space for me and once again or or anyone once again you don't need to know you don't need to to know exactly how they're feeling you don't need to be you don't need to have like some um, degree psychology degrees to know how to help me and support me Mm -hmm. I without even saying anything yeah. Just looking into the, the other person's eyes and not your head and mm-hmm. mm, just that. Like what you're doing right now, even if it is through uh, our virtual Zoom. call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I think, Natasha, there's something that I feel called to share here. And it's there's a there's a step before that level of compassion, I think. And that's like putting yourself aside, you know, because mm-hmm. I think some people, depending on how close this person is to you, can be reactive and can be upset and can be angry at the individual who's experiencing the depression, experiencing the, you know, whatever, you, you name it, whatever they're going through. There's almost like this initial a reactive space that people go through that's like you know um we all go through things like you know or whatever else and and like take it personal right like kind of kind of make it personal I want to say and I think that that part needs to be talked about too because you know when someone's going through something I think there's no there's, there's nothing more important than to understand that you in this, your feelings or whatever else that you're experiencing, that's in a reaction to that, or your whatever, whatever it is that's triggering you at this point, um, kind of gets to be put aside for a second, you know, um, you, you can work through that, you know, or you can, you can, you also get to have support in that too, but also, you know, to, to be able to show this level of compassion, right. It takes kind of putting like really understanding that this is not about you. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. You are so right. So Mm -hmm. right. And I'm so glad that you uh, brought that up, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially if it is like with your loved ones, right. And they're telling you all of the things that they're feeling and what they've been through. And you just feel like, Oh no, um, I did something wrong. (laughs) It's like the fixer. It's like the fixer mentality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I, and, and this actually comes up a lot in like a lot of masculine roles. I know this, but also Mm -hmm. like I, I've gone through it too. Right. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, you know, I can be the first person to raise my hand and be like, when somebody's going through something like, oh, I can be the one to make it better for you. And when I can't, that yes. means there's something wrong with me. Right. And yes. so oh, I'm so glad this conversation yes. went here. Cause I think it's important to talk yeah. about that. It's, it's not your job to fix the person and, and even another level, it's okay for them to be feeling the way that they're feeling. And in fact, it's quite, it's, it's quite valid. Right. And so, you know, it doesn't, you don't, I think that can be the, the thing. And especially a lot of moms, you know, I know my mom used to hate it when I was upset. Jada Pinkett Smith talks about this all the time with, with Willow, her daughter. She's like, (laughs) I couldn't even stand like, take that in another room when you were crying because she just couldn't be with, she, she couldn't be with that level of emotion. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. And so just know that one, it's not about you Two, You don't have to fix it you don't, you don't have to fix it, but literally what you're mm. saying is all you needed was somebody to just be there, you know, and to, yeah. and to just like mm. reassure that you're not alone and that your feelings are, are valid and you're yeah. not crazy, you know, yeah. and, and all of that. And that, that doesn't take much, you guys, that really doesn't yeah. take much. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Yeah. I can, um, I also find myself like the, as a fixer sometimes, yeah. especially because of my job too, right? And so yeah. I'm like that as something's in uh, with my family or friends. I'm like, okay, I need to help them ASAP. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, sometimes I need, I just also need to apply, especially I think it um, affects you more when it's with your loved ones, right? Yes. For example, if it's with your clients uh, and stuff, it's a little bit different. You're just like, okay, Easier to be you. unattached exactly so much easier but if it's like with your partner for example um it's just like oh no now he's feeling like this or she's feeling like this um Mm -hmm. what is great though I now like tell myself okay it's not about me exactly what you said it's not about me and even uh, for example mm-hmm. with my husband we practice this as well because sometimes you know he goes through his frustration as well like with work or just life in general mm-hmm. um before I used to always be like oh my goodness he's complaining and mm-hmm. so I need to do something about it or it's my fault uh he would just tell me before it's not about you okay it's nothing personal but I just need to like say what I'm feeling and say everything that I need to Mm. say so I was like okay and at that moment I literally like step out (laughs) step out of this like wife mode and the person who needs to feel and fix I was more in this neutral place and I also stayed with my breath Mm. I stayed with my breath and I was like okay and if he says something that can be hurtful I'm just like okay it's not about me he's he's 
right. he's uh, upset he's he's hurt or something he's stressed mm-hmm. and it's okay I can just let that go and hold the space for him like with mm-hmm. every breath I was literally I, I right. do that no, often with myself like yeah, literally with every breath I'm letting go <laughs> what mm-hmm. was like what he's saying it enters and then I let it go with my breath you know? nice oh, such so a powerful it, it's yeah such a powerful tool our breath shout out so that's to our what breath. I do <laughs> shout out to our breath hashtag <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um yeah so I do that now with all of my mm-hmm. loved ones even my close friends my my family members and oh yeah but I just want to recognize that yes it is tough yeah tough to practice this 100% especially if they're not like just some strangers that you meet or your clients mm-hmm. um, so I get it yeah totally it's (laughs) It's, yeah it takes a lot a lot of practice (laughs) like yeah and and, I think no go ahead um yeah I was just gonna say like if you're if you're you know struggling with this it's okay because we are you know Natasha and I aren't sitting up here like yeah we got it all figured out right like we're on this journey (laughs) with you (laughs) we're like right here with you we're practicing ourselves yeah we might have some tools in our tool belt and that Mm. came through our journey of you know number one going through it but number two then you know deciding that we were going to get better at helping others but make no mistake like it is a struggle so it's okay to not have it perfect but something that you said uh, you know, with what you and your partner do, like context is everything. Like the fact that he said, you know, Hey, this isn't about you. I just need to share what's on my heart right now or what, what, what I'm dealing with right now. I just need a vent. And so right away you can take that and like, Oh, it's not about you versus like a projection rather. And this is still, it's still important to do the work on the other end to know what's not about you. But um, whereas it's like, you do this or you do that and you're making me yeah. feel this way. Right. Like that's like your partner projecting, right. Which is a whole, yeah. it isn't, it's, you can take the same, let's, let's even take the same complaints, the same primary complaints and then add, add, add a little context in like, Hey, this isn't mm-hmm. about you. And it's a game changer. So, yeah. you know, just even just for a communication tool, just add a little bit of context and say, you yeah. know, I, this isn't about you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also changing that from you to I. Right. I feel I feel sad because of this. Or right. I feel angry when I see you doing this, when I know mm-hmm. that blah, blah, blah. But you see, it's so much yeah. different than rather starting with you. Yeah. Because immediately the person th- already like... Um, detached from the conversation like okay oops <laughs> bell right. like smoke detector alarm saying like danger defense. danger yeah defense yes, exactly mode. defense mode uh they're gonna say something bad about me so i need to get yep. ready yeah. and fight back <laughs> right right totally oh yeah. so good so good so yeah that's just one thing i wanted to say because you know especially like you said when it's your loved one it can be something that you may take personal initially because you know in a sense you might feel like they're abandoning you you know and that's just not true you know they're just really in a space where they 
you know, they can't fully show up in the way that you might expect them to, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, it's not, they're not supposed to. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, really put yourself aside here, uh, you know, and not to say like your feelings aren't important, you know, but, but really understand what I want to say, understand the depth of what's really going on. Hopefully after hearing Natasha's story, you really like get the depth and you really start to show up for the people that you love in your life in a different way. Yeah, yeah. And the work really does come from the both side, from mm-hmm. the someone who is sharing the story and someone who's listening, right? Right. As we totally. mentioned. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for <laughs> listening. And uh, I just want to also say uh, that whoever, if you can resonate with my story of, or if it has happened, something like that um, to you, really know that you are not alone mm-hmm. honestly you're really not alone um pain pain is real pain mm-hmm. is real and you and they're totally valid your pain is totally valid but then after that pain and suffering are two totally different entities mm-hmm. and we can choose to either suffer from our pain or um you know, rise above our pain and be like Mm. a phoenix. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally. Natasha, thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, if anybody is going through, you know, dark times right now, what would be the first thing that you suggest to them? Mm. 100% get support. Even if you cannot um, afford getting support find some maybe some support groups uh, some free groups or there are like practitioners who also give like sliding scale options or look for any free things that are offered out there um, even if it is just like a free class of um, qigong for example i've been doing qigong now almost every day and i love it <laughs> uh, the qigong for example is a is an embodiment practice or like yeah. a somatic practice mm-hmm. and yeah so approach approach it holistically also is so important right you're not just your mind you're also your body and your soul as well if you want to believe in that but th- that's the truth <laughs> yeah if you're yeah, here, I, you probably do believe in that. Yeah, you probably, you probably do believe <laughs> if you're here listening, you know. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, everyone listening. Oh my God. Yeah, I love that. Like, you know, get support. And and there, there are resources out there. You know, I can say this. I went through definitely a, a, a dark time in my life where I would say that I was suicidal too. And Mm. I remember intentionally isolating myself um, Mm. and like very strategically isolating myself. And um, my friends at the time were defensive. Like, why aren't you coming out? Why aren't you doing this? Like, don't be lame, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff versus just like checking in like, hey, are you okay? Like, how are you feeling? What's Mm. going on? I haven't seen you in a while. 
you know, just kind of stuff like that versus automatically making it about you, you know? And so I think, yeah, there's just so many teachable moments in this podcast that you can, you know, circle back to you, but you know, whether, whether you're the one experiencing that dark time, you know, um, or you're, you're the one like, you know, having someone in your life go through that. Now, hopefully after listening to this, you kind of have a different perspective and a different understanding of, you know, what's actually, what's, you know, what's actually on the table and, and how to, you know, how to manage that. And if you don't feel like you have that yet, um, you know, I'm sure we'll dive into a couple more things, but um, we'll definitely drop a couple resources, like I said, in the, in the show notes and, you know, Natasha and I are available too. So you can reach out to either one of us and, you know, we'll yeah. drop our, our handles and you guys know how to reach me, but I think that's one thing that I definitely wanted to share too. Yeah. And um, so if you know someone who might be experiencing uh, these struggles or maybe you don't know maybe you sense someone Mm -hmm. who could be going through this I think it's so important to check in on the people in our lives especially the ones who might seem like they have it all together yeah because I really if you look at it on this if you looked at it on the surface it looks like oh I guess she was I'm, I'm, I was a good student, you know, mm-hmm. kind of looked like I had it all together, but I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's where that meme comes through strong, like check on your strong friends. Yes. Yeah. Check on your strong friends and check on your high functioning friends. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So much good stuff, Natasha. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and and to share your story. I know it wasn't easy, but um, you know, I'm happy that we all had the opportunity to listen to this and to really, you know, shift our perspective around the matters of of mental health and depression, suicide, all of that. And I just appreciate you so much. I think this needs to be a book. So it probably will be knowing me, you know, I'm going to be like, Natasha, where's your book at? (laughs) Whoever is a publisher that's listening, who wants to sponsor me? Publishers. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I personally would dive into that book and just like love every part about it, especially if it's anything like what you shared today. So Natasha, thank you so much again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I just truly hope it can help you or anyone else in your life. Thank you so much, Candy. It's Mm. such a pleasure. Really, like always. (laughs) Always. Oh my gosh, such a great conversation. (laughs) My heart is like expanding all the time in this this, uh, conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. I love it. You know, the podcast really is something that just started out as an idea that kind of scared me a little bit. Honestly, I avoided it for some time, but it's become one of the most beautiful spaces to hang out with some of the most epic people like yourself. And I just love it. And, you know, the fact that we're contributing to women all over the world, if you're listening to this, let us know where (laughs) you're listening from too. And just thank you all for being here and, and tuning in, right? This, this podcast wouldn't be what it is 
without the people listening. So thank you for tuning in and everybody, yes. everybody listening. We will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on the Words of a Warrior podcast. I am so happy you stopped by and would love to know what you took away from this conversation. If you feel so moved, please feel free to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes so that we can keep getting this message into the hands of the people who need it the most. Let us know what you loved, topics you want to hear more of, and your favorite words of a warrior. Until next time, keep taking back your power, following your excitement, and unapologetically living the life you were born for.